Hello, and thanks for listening. This is the podcast Builder versus Buyer. This is a place where builders and buyers and really anybody in and around the home building industry can come together um, and hopefully learn a bit more, know a bit more about the home building industry and what it takes. Um, Yeah, so thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have a really great interview with Megan Dolly. But before I get to that, a couple personal life notes. So... Me and my family have finally moved back to Indiana. It's where I'm originally from, originally grew up. Um, yeah, it's it's been uh, bittersweet. It's um, it, we really enjoyed our time in Minnesota and um, just made some some really good friends. And from a career standpoint, I feel like feel like I learned a ton and just really, really grateful for that time up there. Um, I'll miss the mountain bike trails for sure, but it just, it just came time that owning my own business, most of the work I'm doing is with contractors in Indiana and, um, my wife's family is here. My family is here. So it made a lot of sense for us to be back. So it's been a really hectic month. Our home from listing to close took 29 days. So huge shout out to our realtor, Dennis Madden. Awesome guy. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a crazy month, but I'm back in the saddle, full work week with everything set up. Um, yeah, very just exciting to get back into a normal life and not be running around at closings and showings and, and all that. So and moving, moving oh, is the worst. Sorry. I know this is a, episode, a podcast about the home building industry, but yeah, we all know moving can be rough. Okay. Sorry for that long diatribe, but for those of you who care, that is what is going on in my life. Let's jump back to today's episode. So interview with Megan Dolly. Um, Megan Dolly is a consulting CFO who creates light bulb moments inside her clients' businesses. She makes the numbers easy to understand and more importantly, easy to use so that her clients learn to grow a stronger cash cash generating business that produce long-term wealth. Megan's clients go from nervously checking their bank balances to understanding their business finances to give themselves a serious competitive advantage so they can confidently build the business of their dreams. Uh, Without further ado, here is Megan. Hello. Thank you for being here, Megan. Um, I appreciate you coming on today. This is my pleasure, Adam. I love your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So Megan is another one of our... um, mastermind members. Um, Megan, what is it that you do? So I am a creative person and I also love numbers, right? So I have an accounting background, but what I do is I take these numbers for creative business owners and I translate them. So they're not having to learn all of this accounting mumbo jumbo, um, but still use their numbers in a way that's really profitable for their business. Gotcha. I'm a virtual CFO, I guess you could say, but that's <laughs> still <laughs> not quite it. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I constantly have this conversation with people as well, where I say I'm a home designer and they're like, oh, so like an architect. And I'm like, well, kind of, but I'm not licensed, so I can't really call myself an architect. So um, yeah, it's it's a, a weird spot to be in. I, I'll, um, but... I so you work with a lot of businesses like myself, um, small firm architects, interior designers, um, creative types, and I think most of us got into the business because like we wanted to make 
pretty things. Like we wanted to be fun and be creative and um, really like express that side. And you start a business and there's, there's some of that. And then you're like, okay, oh crap. There's a huge portion over here that I didn't really, I'm spending a ton of time on. That's all the, the money and things like, what do you find? What do you find businesses like ours, their, the common struggles are? There comes a point, just like you said, like they got into business to make, to create and feed their creative um, desires. And then it's like, oh, I'm running a business. Um, this isn't really fun anymore. <laughs> so they come to me with questions of, can I hire some help? Or what is my business even capable of? Or how do I get back into the creative side of my business? Or what does this even mean? Like, how, why, why am I not paying myself enough? What, what's going on here? I can't see it. Yeah. So let's, let's start there, like paying ourselves. Um, how do we, what do we do with money when we get it? What, What comes back to us? How should we decide what to pay ourselves? So that's actually a decision that you make before the money even comes in. So I like my clients to be naming their cash before it even hits their bank account. Um, and there's actually like a three question framework that I use with my clients. And the first one is just like, okay, where are we? How, how did we even get to the spot that we're in, um, in terms of our business? Is it, is it consistent? Is it new? Is it old? Are we evolving? Just, just get really real with where they're at and then look at, hang on a second. How do I even want my business to serve me? What's the cash that I want to put in my pocket? And what are my goals there? Like, how do I even start reaching those? Um, and then it's the path like, okay, now I know where I am. I know where I want to go. Is this the path to get me there? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so is it, is it just like lifestyle choice for personal pay? Like what, what I should draw from the company? Um, or do you recommend like, is there a specific, um, I mean, obviously you can't, you can only draw what's there. Right. Um, but like, how do you, if you're going to set that target first, how do you set that target? Okay. So uh, starting with where you're at, right? Like if you are consistently bringing in, let's say $10,000 of gross revenue a month, okay? Depending on what type of your business you have, if you're a service business, that might be fine. If you're a contractor, that's not fine. <laughs> yeah, right. And you know how much of that $10,000 is other people's money before it gets to you, right? You know right. That, that of this, there are subcontractors that you need to pay or whatever that may be. And so at the end of the day, maybe $5,000 of it can be spent to run your business and pay yourself. Yeah. Um, so when you, you should have a ratio in your head or a picture in your head of, I know that when I have a $10,000 month, that this amount is going to be going into my pocket. And it's different for everybody because I have to start with where are you at right now? And there are certainly goals that we want to get to. Like maybe you're starting with Ugh, only 20% of that is mine. Only 20% of that's going to go in my pocket. And we want to get to the point where ooh, 40 or 50% is actually going in my pocket when it comes in the door. But we have to know where you're starting. Because if we flip that switch and I say, oh, you know, you're breaking in 20, but it should be 50. And you flip that switch, you're going to break your business. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to find the ways to get that 20 to be the 50%. Um, do you have any like case studies, practical examples of things your clients have done? To yeah. 
So my clients actually come to me in two different ways. So they either come to me because they're in big trouble <laughs> or they come to me because they're super conservative and have all this cash and they're so scared to touch it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I have all this cash, but if I spend it, then ah, or if I pay myself, ah. Um, so I guess the example over here, <laughs> um, what we do when you have piles of cash that you're sitting on, we figure out how much you would actually need to, to keep in the business as that cushion to make you feel comfortable and then take the leftover and, and start working towards your personal goals with that. Like, okay, I would feel comfortable if I just had $30,000 in the bank consistently in a savings account that I didn't touch. It just makes me feel good. Okay, great. Yeah. Let's take the other $30,000 and do something with it so it's, it's working for you or it's serving you personally. On the other side of it, when it is um, when things are feeling really tight and dire, um, we start drawing a line and I go back way to the beginning. So um, not to name any names, but there are clients that, that when we start here, what it is comes down to is, okay, when you started your business, what does it take to serve your clients? That's all that I care about for expenses right now. Mm, okay. So yeah. can you serve this client for less than what they are paying you? Right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a good start. Everything that goes into serving this client and then the amount of time that you go put into serving this client, is it worth it? What's left over for you? And if not, we we have bigger problems. We need we have pricing problems. We have positioning problems. We have um, go to market problems. So um, it, it it it's different. It depends. Yeah. How much do you um, how much do you talk to your clients about those solutions, or do, or do you like outsource that, send them to different resources? You Which know, if they do have a pricing problem, or um, um so we start with um. I guess, role-playing with the worksheet. <laughs> There's no yeah. other better way to explain it. Like, okay, sometimes th what they need to see is just, hey, did you know that you, this is your most lucrative client? Yes, they're giving you the most cash every month, but actually you're spending $500 extra and above just to serve them than what they're paying you. Sometimes they just need to see that and they're like, oh, and if they can go back to the client and get, more for the same service or show the client the door um, just to save money by showing a client a door, then we can do that. And we can find a way to position you better. And sometimes, yes, absolutely. It takes outside help that are more, uh, that are people are more seasoned in marketing than I am, but I can help diagnose the problem in the first place. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. So for a business like mine, um, my, like monthly expenses aren't that much. You know, I have one big insurance check that I cut every year. I have an accountant that, um, you know, isn't much monthly. And then my software isn't that much. You know, I've already bought my computer. Like, so really how I track it, the only like other expense, quote unquote, I have is my time. So then I set like a target hourly goal and then like project hourly work. Like, is this a, is this a good strategy? It's, um, is this something you'd recommend or should I adjust? Oh, I love that. I love that you're projecting. That's one of my favorite tools to use is like, let's go take a look at the future. What does the future look like? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I I love that. Um, especially, you know, when your insurance are, checks are hitting and keeping your fixed expenses are low, that's 
Mwah, that's beautiful. That's what I love to see. Um, variable expenses I don't have a problem with. Fixed expenses I have a big problem with. Um, so when you're projecting, you know exactly how many hours you need to hit per month, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can track it along like, ooh, this week I only did 20 billable hours and I should be doing 30. Uh, I need to kick it up a gear next week or the week after. Yeah, right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, um, to have those individual targets. I like to have those little those little numbers. I had one client once where um, she wore bracelets. I had her wear bracelets because the most the best business activity for her was talking to new people about her business. And she was kind of nervous about it, but it worked for her like a charm because once people heard what she did, they were like, oh my gosh, I need your business card. So she wore three bracelets every day. And if she, all of, and every time she talked to a new person, she moved it from her left wrist to her right wrist. And then her goal was just to have all those bracelets on her right wrist at the end of the day. Oh, that's and she awesome. Knew her business was fine. Yeah. And yeah, it can be as simple as getting your name out there. Um, so then I, I think, you know, my, business is probably on the easier side of, of diagnosis. You know, I, I don't have any employees. Um, like I said, low, low expenses when we're talking about as we're delving into the world of, of home builders, or if you are like a, a subcontractor, you're a concrete guy or a trim guy and you have, you know, five, 10 employees under you, you have a lot of expenses. What do you have any suggestions coaching for what to do when, when checks come in any further planning on that end, as it gets a little more complicated? Yeah. So when the checks come in, you should know how much money of that doesn't belong to you. Yeah. You, you know, whose money is in there that is not yours in terms <laughs> yeah. of subcontractors, the guys that were doing the hourly work. Um, and the best thing that you can do is immediately take the money that does not belong to you and move it to another account that you're paying those vendors out of. That's, oh, that's like yeah. the number one, just do it. Just do mm -hmm. it. Even if you don't believe me right now, just do it and try it for two months and it will make a world of difference. Yeah. Do you, ex do you, uh, would you suggest that they hire, you know, someone like yourself or like an outside accountant to handle all this for them? Um, what's the line there? Uh, it depends. So if you're finding that things are getting behind or things are getting messy and you don't have a bookkeeper and you're the one that's trying to do it, um, <laughs> get a bookkeeper. <laughs> Stop <laughs> trying to do it yourself. Or, well, that was easy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it's really one of these things that people spend the most time procrastinating over the most time with heartache over. Um, if you have a good bookkeeper, they'll be able to, to point things out to you like, Oh, Whoa, Whoa, wait a second. Time out, time out. Um, your, your accounts payable are getting, it's getting a little bit out of hand. Um, and just getting that that pressure off your shoulders, it feels really good. And um, having those numbers clean so you can start to see or so you can even start to talk to somebody like me and say, uh, what's going on? Help. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some red flags or warning signs that like you're going in a wrong direction? Um, you know, when when they you're not the, the accounts aren't bad yet but they're they're not headed in the right the right way yeah it's starting it's starting to take you a little bit longer to pay the bills like oh this will just have to be pushed off until next week or um it's really important to start collecting on your customers that aren't paying like uh and things are getting tight um i like to have 
a 90 day cash flow. So it's never a surprise. I want to know where my cash is going to be 90 days from now. Even if it's a guess, it's never perfect, but it, it it's a guess. But it shows me exactly where the valleys are in my cash balance and the peaks are in my cash balance. The peaks are great, but I'm more interested in the valleys. Like what's the lowest my cash balance is going to be in the next 90 days? So it's not like, oh my gosh, I have to make payroll next Friday and I only have $5,000 in the bank. What am I going to do? And then you're calling clients and being like, uh, when, is that checking the mail? Is that checking the mail? Um, yeah. Yeah. You want to know far ahead of time. And so you have those triggers that know like, hmm, I expected their check this week and it didn't come in. So I'm going to go follow up on that now instead of waiting for a tragedy. Yeah. Any advice for companies that are having that problem of getting checks from customers or clients? Um, that time frame just kind of lingers and lingers. and. Uh, you People know. don't like making the, making the calls. Um, and so if you're not comfortable making the calls and having a good follow-up system for that, um, it doesn't cost much to get a VA that would be more than happy to make those phone calls for you and make that follow-up system for you. Um, getting cash in the door People don't like making collection calls, but it's like one of the most important things to be doing to make sure that people aren't falling behind. Yeah. Um, do you have a, is it just per industry or is there a recommended return rate for, you know, when work is completed, I'd like to be paid in net 15, net 30. Like, do you have a recommendation? I don't. It is by industry. I don't like to see the money sitting out there too long. I know in the construction industry, when things have to go through an AIA document and trickle down through the subcontractors, yeah. um, that can get long and that can get frustrating. And as long as we're watching it on our 90 day cash projection, um, that's fine. As long as we know when the money should be coming in and we're following up immediately when it doesn't. Yeah. Oh, good note. Um, for that 90 day cash projection, circling back a little bit, um, do you project sales on it or are you only including things that like you've got concrete or, or verbals or are you using historical data from the company to say like, okay, this was your average September. Um, yeah. what, what do you usually recommend? So it depends. And actually when I say 90 day, it actually goes a lot longer for clients that have a much wider cash cycle. Um, they're, if their sales cycle, you're selling in April, um, you're getting a deposit in June, you know, you're finishing up and you're getting progress payments along the way. It's different. And so depending on what type of industry you are, but in construction, I'll have the client name. Each client will have its own line as if it were an income statement um, that just happens to be in the future. And so we'll put their payments of when they're coming in on each particular under each particular month or week or depending on how tightly we're monitoring that. Um, and sometimes it is oh, there's a potential client that might start and I'll, we'll keep them on there too. I'll just make them a different color so we know that they're not sold yet. It's not in the bank. Yeah, yeah. And I would hope most builders like, you know, you should have a pretty solid six to nine month projection out there because that's, you know, you're not getting paid till you close. So right. <laughs> obviously, yeah, you need to start that house. Um, what are What are some other like really big mistakes you see in bookkeeping? Hmm. Um, so not having a projection, um, is the number one. I don't know where my cash is at. The second one is letting your expenses kind of run amok, especially the fixed expenses. I like it when my clients cancel their credit cards every six months. 
and just oh, okay. or report them stolen or whatever and just get a new credit card number because there's a large number of subscriptions or software or things that you tried out that just trickle on there yeah. and um the important ones will that you want to renew will definitely call you <laughs> or devalue <laughs> yeah, right. or whatever it is you'll be like oh yes i need that um and you can put your credit card number back right back in um uh, but just being really diligent and not letting that that stuff creep in like, oh, what's this? What's this $11 book on Amazon? Yeah, it's fine once. But if you're doing it twice a week, three times a week, every mm-hmm. day, it gets worse and worse and worse if you don't um, really reel those expenses in. Yeah, like you get the G Suite and the Calendly and Slack and you have those subscriptions and one more slides in, it'd be easy to you spend in yeah. 12 bucks a yeah. month. Yeah, oh, what's $12.99 a month? What's $12.99 yeah. a month? It's fine. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. And then the expenses that you do keep, like what's the ROI? If you have an expense, it is an investment. You are expecting something out of that expense. Um, so it never hurts about once every six months, same time that you're canceling your credit card, go through and say, what, what am I getting out of this? Why do I have this? Can I serve my clients? Can my clients have a superior experience without me having this expense? Yeah. Wow. That's a, yeah, that's a good, good piece of advice on the pieces of advice. If you had to like one thing, okay, I I'm a business owner. I know I need to get better. What's one thing I can do today that will like help. So the question I get the most from my clients is what is my business capable of? Mm, Okay. Do you know what your business is capable of doing? within the realm of what you're willing to do in terms of hours. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a good exercise to sit down and do just so you can see the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. And if your business is really what's going to get you there. Um, I'm, I, I am my client's biggest cheerleader, but it's also my responsibility to be very real with them. When somebody comes to me with a dog and says, how do I make this profitable? I've been at it for seven years <laughs> and I've only been paying myself, oh, $12 an hour for the last seven years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is no room for price increase. There's no room for whatever it may be. Um, we need to be able to be truthful with ourselves as to what our business can do for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one more question. I I think... A lot of builders, that not a lot, but there's some markets that are in this situation where they're they're really hot right now, and so lumber prices are going up. Um, obviously, the demand on the subcontractor market is is very very high, so it's just driving pricing up. Is is raising prices as easy as raising prices, or are there steps we should be thinking about before we just like jack up the price? You have to go into each job knowing you're going to be profitable. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, maybe it's not as easy as jacking up prices, but part of it is most of it is the relationship that you have with the client in the first place. Um, There's much more price flexibility in there. If they love you, they love the work that you do. Um, You come highly recommended. Your reputation is impeccable, whatever, whatever that is, where it is you that they want. Um, There's a whole lot more price flexibility in there for you to play with. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't, you can't take a job. Um, 
knowing that you're going to be losing money on it. I understand in certain times you have to take a job just so you can keep your staff on staff and that's okay. Sometimes that's a decision that we make with our, with some of my clients, especially when COVID first hit, it was like, okay, worst case scenario, you are going to lose $400,000 by August. And they were like, yep, I'm okay with that. As long as we're still serving our community. Okay. At least, you know, what you're getting into and you're, you're willing to do that. Um, if you are just holding your nose and closing your eyes and going, Oh, I hope this doesn't hurt very bad. It's going to (laughs) hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, that's some good stuff. Um, any, any final thoughts for the, the home building world? Don't let this be intimidating. A lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, I just, I've ignored it for so long. I just don't know what it is. Or they're just, people get squiggy around their numbers. Is that a real word, Adam? Squiggy? It's (laughs) going to be. (laughs) They get squiggy around their numbers or they feel embarrassed. Um, There is nothing that I haven't seen out there that other accountants have not seen out there. We've seen it. We've seen things much bigger of a train wreck than what you have, and there's no judgment there. Uh, So getting that second set of eyes and having that feeling that somebody has your back, um, it's refreshing for your business. And and I highly recommend getting your cash flow down. Do it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What are you up to nowadays, and how can people find you? Mm, I have a couple of plates that are spinning right now. Um, I'm having um, my bookkeeping club is bringing in new people. That's for people who DIY their books, business owners who DIY their books um, to come in and have that extra support and get their questions answered and accountability. And I'm also working on using my cash flow and um, allowing businesses to DIY their cash flow projection as well. I have a little training on how to do that. That's awesome. And where can people find it? Oh, at megandolly.com. And uh, yeah, even if they want to just chat for a bit, come make an appointment at megandolly.com. Yeah, you totally should. And that's D-A-H-L-E, correct? Yes. Yep. Awesome. Well, Megan, thank you so much for joining me today. And um, yeah, look forward to talking soon. Oh, this was fun, Adam. Thank you. And thanks again to Megan for coming in. Um, that wraps up our interview. I actually do use her 90 day projection tool. It's, um, yeah, she, she shared it with me. So it's, yeah, you should reach out to her. It's really helpful. Um, yeah, she is an absolute whiz when it comes to this stuff. Um, if you have questions, comments, want to get a hold of the show, we would love to hear from you. Our email is info at buyer.com. Or you can check us out uh, on Instagram at buildervsbuyer.com. Uh, sorry, Instagram at buildervsbuyer. You don't need the .com on Instagram. I know that. I internets. Um, also, if you'd like to get a hold of me from the design side, Burnham Design Co. on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, just check out at Burnham Design Co. It's B-I-R-N-A-M Design Co. Um, please follow or subscribe or whatever you 
whatever platform you're listening to this on. There is more great content coming um, as far as energy efficiency goes. And we've got some, um, some stuff in the works regarding what software builders should be using, what hardware, um, you know, from a, from a computing standpoint, what does is, what is the office personnel need to, to really run a, a building company well? So going to dig into that a little bit in the coming weeks. Um, lastly, Thank you for listening, and thanks to Andrew Michael Metter for the music.